0: Good to see everybody. Glad you're with us. Let me see who's we got today. Welcome, welcome. So I don't, you know, I used to be able to get around and kind of welcome everybody and I could see everybody from the way the chairs were, so it's all different. So I'd like to take a moment and see you and thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us online uh, and we're we're happy to have all of you with us today. I did want to tell you one thing Um, I've been working on so a few weeks ago, I started a thing called uh, the Vine Press, which is a, a Zoom discussion I have on Tuesdays at 2. The time is really irrelevant because if you can't make it at 2 for the call, we record it and we put it on there and you can watch it. And what I'm doing is answering questions from the sermon. So next t- two days from now, Tuesday, I'll be answering questions for this sermon. And I, I have a group that I, I, I sort of encouraged to ask me questions and they've been sending me questions. But I wanted to open up the question thing to everybody. So on all the websites, I added a thing. ...called the Vine Press, Vine Press Questions. And you can go there on either any of the websites or just go to our app. If you don't have the app, you should get the app. Kids you your app and press Vine Press Questions. And then you can ask a question about the sermon. And especially as we're digging now into sort of foundational things... ...you might hear me say some things that, you know, cause you a question. And questions are very helpful to me to make sure I'm getting the right information out. And uh, it's actually interactive. And by that I mean if you put in a question... If I was like, it, uh, had a lot of extra time or something at the end of the sermon, I can see the questions, I can answer it on the spot. But if I don't happen to answer it while you ask it, I will answer it on Tuesday, all right? So, um, use that feature. I really want to encourage you to get involved with me that way. It it, uh, it will strengthen all of us, and it's called Vine Press. I really want to press into these things and uh, encourage you with there. You know, because in the 20 minutes or so that I speak uh, every weekend, there's a lot of stuff that's sort of not covered in detail that I would love to, and so... Uh, if you would ask those questions, that would be great. So anyway, we're we're doing a series called "An Unshakable Foundation," and. Uh I thought this would be a good season as, you know, the Lord was leading me to, to really sort of add some foundation again. Uh, and I told you from the beginning, foundations are a lot of work. In my experience, in the couple of houses that I helped build when I was younger, um, I didn't like the foundation work very much. For one reason, I told you it was hot. You know, you were exposed to the elements and there was a lot of digging and pickaxing, as I remember. And then all that hard work gets covered up. Uh, and uh, you know I'm I'm, all, I'm a big fan of projects when you can really see something that happens. You know, we we Alice and I really uh, we worked on our patio in June um, because I hadn't I had got it back together after Irma but never finished it. Anybody else have any projects like that? I had it functional but not right. And so in June we we set about it and we made it right and it was good work because I can look and see and it. it makes a huge difference in, in what's happening. But foundation work gets covered up. You, you never get to see it. And so I just want to say that to encourage you to um, to hang with me doing a really boring and dry message. You know, uh, I, it sounds all of a sudden I sound like I'm making an excuse. You're not going to enjoy this next 20 minutes, but just know it's going to be worth it. Uh, it's work. You have to dig in. And I want to dig into the scripture because if you get the story, so too many people haven't put the Bible together as one big story. They see there's a lot of disconnected things. And it's not. It's, It's one big story from beginning to end. Magnificently inspired by the Holy Spirit um, over about 1,500 years through 40 different human authors, 66 books that combined to make this one amazing story with these amazing themes that run through it. All ties together and all the ends get tied together. You know, I've told you if you, you can figure that out just by reading the first two chapters of Genesis and the last two chapters of Revelation and look at how, how miraculously it ties together. All this amazing stuff in between that we can learn from and grow in and that one of the big themes that I'm, I've been wanting to make sure that you get is this idea of um, a temple is what I call it in creation of, of heaven and earth together of God and, and man dwelling together that this idea of God dwelling with us is, is part of this big theme that happens and we see it over and over again. In the Scripture, and I want you to be looking for it in terms of, of temple and tabernacle and in, in Christ and with the Holy Spirit in us and uh, in, in when Jesus comes back, and heaven and Earth come together, and I want you to have in mind that heaven and Earth are not millions of miles apart. I think sometimes people have that perception that heaven is distant, Heaven and Earth are extremely close, and they overlap already. In lots of ways. Um, and, and people, you know, don't understand the overlap. But let me tell you the overlap. It certainly happened in creation, right, God? And the people were dwelling together and walking together. An overlap of heaven and earth. Happens again in the tabernacle. That's what we're talking about now. It happens again at the temple. We'll be looking at that next week. Happens again in Jesus. When fully God, fully man enters the scene. Happens now in us as believers because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And, and we're the temple. Heaven and earth. Wow, fascinating, and will happen supremely um, when Jesus comes back. And, you know, when we look in Revelation 21, and it says, And I saw the, the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven to earth. It's this picture. It's not the, the end where, you know, everything here just is, you know, the planet is destroyed and it starts over. This The planet is recreated in much the same way that Jesus was was resurrected. The planet is resurrected, and we're all given new physical bodies to dwell with him. See, that's the story. And, and you're a big part of the story now. And, and you make a difference in how the story turns out, the way that you live your life. And you were created to play a, a part in this story. And, and it's all so connected. And I want you to see all of that. And it, it, it matters that you get a hold of your relationship with God and what that looks like. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The depth of relationship that God really has in mind with us. And I hope it challenges you. We're going to look at Moses and God having this cool discussion together. And I hope it really encourages you to dig deeper with God. So that's the intro. Um, bad joke. time. These are very bad. I should probably skip them, but I can't now. No, I can't really, honest. <laughs> My wife said I could. I, no. The people, the people have spoken. <laughs> I, I heard about an annoying giant squid who wanted to become a comedian. He wouldn't stop cracking jokes. It's a, it's a limited audience, but it's really funny. It's a, those giant squid jokes are cracking me up. Okay, if you don't understand it. This one hasn't worked. I, I don't mean to. <laughs> I don't mean to toot my own horn, but sometimes I have trouble getting into the driver's seat. No. Okay. This was my favorite, but uh, I bought my grandchildren some crayons recently. They make my kin scrawl.
1: Damn, your kin
0: folk. I think it's a great joke. scrawl. skin never mind. All right, Alice, please come rescue me. I'll have to come up with some worse ones for next week. I just got the horn, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you just got it. Well, that, that's why I keep plugging away, Henry. It wasn't much better after you get it, was it? Especially when I got on this <laughs> year.
1: Oh, I had to suffer through those. <sighs> I've, I've teased Steve this week. I said, "You know, I want to start a new group at church. That be okay?" He's like, "Sure, hon, go ahead." Okay, it's a support group for everyone that hates his jokes. <laughs> Don't you dare! He's nobody, talk nobody will him. go. Yeah, no one will go. I knew go. you were going to do that. Nobody. <laughs> All right, let's let's go back and talk to Father again. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this time to worship you and to dig into your word, Father. Thank you for the laughter that we need, Father, during these times. And Lord, as we sang this morning, we know that we walk through the valley of the shadow. But Lord, your great love always shines through and it always lights our way. I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you with every burden and every care and you never leave our side. Father, help us this week to refuse to worry, but instead to just remain in your steadfast grace. Father, as we go out into our lives this this week, Father, help us to lead with humility, to lead with grace, to lead with gratitude. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue on in the book of Exodus. This is chapter 32. And as Steve said, this is the conversation between God and Moses. 32, starting at verse 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol, cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then... I'll make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. And then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Blessed be the word of God.
0: So, this discussion that that happens there with um, God and Moses is really what I want to focus in on today, and I, I think it's a powerful thing because what I want you to see is the depth of the relationship that God wants to have with us, and and that when Moses and God are. Uh, relating to one another here, it's very real and um, it might not be what you expect. And all of this, I think, teaches us, and I kind of want to talk about this as just a moment in the story, and we'll have some moments like this during the series, the power of prayer, the importance of prayer, how prayer fits into the story and why it matters. And, and really, um, it's when you know that the heart of God is for you and that he loves you, Uh, and that he's with you, and that he's gone to great lengths to dwell with you, and that he wants us engaged with him in a way that perhaps we haven't considered before. Uh, And that it's not based on our performance, it's based on his fierce desire to be in relationship with up and what that looks like. And so this conversation happens, and I love this conversation. Um, Verse 7, the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt, and notice he says, your people there, Your people whom you... This is God talking to Moses. Moses, the people you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. And they have, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. I love Moses' response. Moses sought the favor of the Lord as God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Do you you see what's happened here? First, you know, the Lord is saying to Moses, these people that you brought up out of Egypt... They've just done a horrible thing. You need to go and deal with them. And then Moses uh, goes back to God and he says, Wait a minute, God. My people... You remember, you kind of dragged me into this whole thing. I was just minding out my own business, hanging out in the desert. You showed up in a burning bush. And I went over and you said, go talk to Pharaoh. And I'm like, I can't talk to Pharaoh. And you said, go do it anyway. And you made me. And I went. And then you showed up time after time after time. And you did all these miraculous things. And you've us this far. I didn't do did. it. And, and you, you need to see there's this thing going back. This this give and take, see? Because Moses knows that God loves him. Moses is settled in his relationship with God. And so he's, he's not... Because uh, if we're not settled in that, see, Moses could have just gone, ooh, you're right, it's all my fault, I did it. I'm, being, I'm sure I'm just being punished for something because I didn't get it right. It's me. It's me. And, and sometimes you just, you just need to know that because God loves you, He wants you to come to Him regardless of circumstance and just be honest and real before Him. And that you can have an honest discussion with God. He is not some sort of faceless bureaucrat. That you can't engage with about things that are happening in your life. You can go to Him in every and any situation. And He encouraged us to do that. And He shows us this um, in the Scripture in lots of different places. Uh, if you've been here for any time, you, you hear me often talk about the Psalms. And I encourage people to read the Psalms all the time. And, and uh, I wrote a devotional on the Psalms. You can get it on the website. It's free. You can download it. Uh, because I think you should be reading them all the time. And people will ask me, why are you always talking about the Psalms? Psalms are weird. And they are. And, and I can remember the first time that I was reading the Psalms, I was like, how did some of these make it into the Bible? These people are not talking very nicely to God. There's a guy in here who's asking God if he's asleep. What are you sleeping? He honestly says that to God. What are you asleep with all this going on? You're supposed to be God. Where are you? What's happening? What are you doing? And, and I was like, how can that, you shouldn't talk to God like that? Have you ever had that thought? You, what are they doing? You can't talk to God like that. Yeah. See, the reality is, those things are in there so that we learn that we can talk to God because He loves us so much in every situation. Now, there's a way to be faithful in doing it, but, but that we're to be engaged In that direction. And so if you read the Psalms, which I encourage you to do, there's 150 Psalms. Nearly a third of them are called Psalms of Lament. And uh, they're a gift to us as believers. They're a gift. Because they teach us something that we, 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 we might not understand and know. In that that we can go to God in any circumstance. And he loves us. That that we don't have to take on every bad thing that happens as, oh, I'm being punished for something. That we don't have to shrink back. That, that we can go right with God and talk to him about what's happening. And that, that he encourages that. There's a, there's a level of relationship that that many of us never experience. Because we think we, it's always about being on our best behavior. And always, you know, just uh, when, when things are good, we can sign if it's easier to go to God. But if things are difficult, we shy away. because. Maybe it's something I've done and, you know, and and yet the reality is God wants us to learn to hang out with him and to to get with him regardless of, of, you know, where we're at and and sort of he's big enough and loves us so much that we can tell him everything that's going on. You sometimes have you ever had somebody in your life that you were safe enough with that you could just sort of vent things that you were feeling that had built up in your life? And you, you sort of vent And it's really got nothing to do with them But you know that you can sort of do it with them And they, they love you enough That they're going to hang with you And even if they may not get it at first And you know, they're like Have you ever been vented on? <laughs> and you're like, what? But but see, that stuff builds up We live in a fallen world on a broken planet God gets that And He's made a way for us To sort of deal with it With Him He wants us to do that To press in to our relationship with Him These These Psalms of Lament I put some of them in your, um, in your digital bulletin if you want to look at them. But they, they deal with all sorts of things. They, they express sorrow, anger, fear, longing, confusion, desolation, disappointment, and depression. Ever feel any of those things? I feel them all the time sometimes right now. You can get them all at once. And what do you do with, it? where do you go with those things? Well, the, the Psalms, these are these gifts, you know, because in a fallen world on a broken planet, we experience difficult things. It's part of the deal. Doesn't mean that we're being punished. It just means that we have a very real enemy. We do. Our enemy. Remember, he, he steals, kills, and destroys. He's hard at work right now, stirring up the planet. He's he's and he's it's pretty you know pretty fascinating to watch the depth of evil that we see everywhere and how it stirs everything up. But I keep telling you, you know, God is faithful to use things that the enemy does in ways that we can't even imagine, and the things are coming that we haven't even thought about yet. And I'm excited about that. But this stuff is difficult. Everything can be so different right now. You know, just everything coming to church is different. Uh, Things that we did for years after year after year I, I didn't take it for granted then but I certainly won't now but it's different and you have to press through these things how we go out how we socialize how we talk I, I often think on the weekends how we meet new people how difficult it is God bless you if you just started coming here recently we're really pretty friendly <laughs> we don't know, I don't know how to show it sometimes you know it's like and I, anyway that's a whole other story so we have to we have to know that God loves us and we can be real with him and go with him and the Psalms teach us. I love uh, Bonhoeffer said that these these Psalms of lament are God's word and the prayers of men. And so it's just so important that we get these things together. And we go with God. And we understand that that we're going to have these hard things. You know, the the James told us he called them trials, and they can be trivial, or they can be huge. And Peter tells us not to be surprised. And Jesus says, don't worry, I've overcome the world. Um, But but we're to go. Psalm 142, verse 1 and 2 says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before Him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. See, he invites us to go, and we need to know that we can do it. Uh, has anybody here ever need to make a phone call to customer support of any kind? Oh, it's a terrible thing to do now. Because it's never a real person. Uh, you can't get a real... And, and then there's this menu of options. Please listen carefully to the option that's closest to your situation. And then they give you nine options and none of them are quite right. Have you ever heard that? And you're kind of listening and you think, well, it was kind of number three. And then I might forget that because it might be this one. And then it's eight. And then, well, no, it's, it wasn't really any of those. And then what do you do? And I used to just keep pushing zero, you know, hope to get a real person. And that doesn't work anymore. They figured that out. So you can you can zero all you want. And it'll either just cut the connection off or make you start all over again. And they're like, you know, you didn't push anything. And I'm like, well, it's not any of those that you described. Give me a number for that one. I'm pushing that one. And, and, then you get, and then by then you're frustrated and it's just, and I think sometimes we think we can't do that. But God wants us to know, like, the customer support line with God is always available. Yeah. And you get straight to Him. And, and you can talk to Him. I, I've been using this term, people sometimes are struggling with this term, but I think God, part of what we need to know is that we can be faithful complainers. And there's a way to do it that the psalm teaches that honors God, that we can actually go. Because what you see with all those lament psalms is they start out really bad. But at the end, at the end, it's always, but you're God and you're good. And I know I can trust you. And there's something about wrestling through these things with God that really helps us to be people of prayer. When we get the depth of his love for us. And that it's not about our performances, about his love and his faithfulness. We get that. We can engage with him in a way that changes us and causes us to change the world around us, to impact this story. See, because the story, we know how it ends, but the story is still working its way through. And you were created to be a part of that story with things that do. And the way that you're involved makes a difference. And the way that you engage with prayer makes a difference, as we we saw with Moses and with God and everything that happened then. So so that's kind of the, the first thing I wanted to talk about. But let's jump into the rest of the story here. With that in mind, I want you to think about that this week. And here's what I've been saying throughout is that God wants to dwell with us. This is a huge thing for us to grasp because I, I don't know that we take this any other don't. We haven't seen the lengths that God has gone to to dwell with us. That The heart's desire of God is to dwell with his creation. And we have spent thousands of years... Basically rebuffing God and going our own way. And yet he continues to pursue relationship with, and he's made it possible for us to engage with him in Christ. And this is a huge thing. But here's what's happening with his people. because So God wants to dwell with his people. That's what's happened. That's why he's rescued them from Egypt. That's why they're in the desert. Because he wants to dwell with them. and And so... What's happening before the people commit this horrific sin is that he's up on the mountain with God. He's been there for 40 days. You can go back and read some in Exodus. And God's been sharing with him the 10 words again that we talked about. And in the couple of chapters preceding this one, he's describing to Moses how to build the tabernacle. See, this is the heart God wants to dwell with us. And he's, listen, you're going to make this tabernacle, which is a fancy word for a big tent. Fancy tent. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a... Quick job. It was a intricately woven Miraculous thing that he was making and it was gonna, you know, it was a picture of sort of heaven coming to earth and he said, look, exactly how you make it. And he's telling Moses how to do it. Write this down. This is what you're gonna do. Here's the people that know how to do this stuff. You're gonna get them together and you're gonna build this tabernacle and I'm gonna come there and I'm gonna dwell there with you because that's what I wanna do. I wanna dwell with my people. And it'll be in the tabernacle. That's what you're gonna put together. And whenever we move, tabernacle's gonna move. It's a portable thing and so that you know that I'm portable. I'm with you always. It was the picture of God just being with his folks. And, and while they're doing this, the people get tired of waiting for Moses because he's gone 40 days. And so they decide they, that this God, even though we've seen him do all these miracles and even though he's provided for us and Red Sea, yeah, you know, we can't control this God. And so we're not very happy with him. And this guy, Moses, he's been a pain from the beginning. <laughs> remember how the whole, you know, the brick and the straw thing, you're telling one, I remember he got, and we had more work and it's a big problem, you know, we, things were better. So they go to Aaron and uh, they say, listen, when the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods, make us gods who will go before us. And as for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we, we don't even know what's happened to him. And Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. And so all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron, and he took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. And then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. They, they just wanted their own gods that they could control and put into a box. And, and you know, that's what, that's what they had. Instead of waiting for Be God and everything was happening, the heart of God to dwell with his folks... Wanted to go their own way. And uh, and so that's the situation when Moses is, you know, God is talking to Moses. And so Moses heads down because he's got to come down from the mountain to see what's going on. I love it because he goes after Aaron because Aaron was in charge. Aaron should have known better. And watch Aaron deflect. And this is another thing. If you don't know the love of God, when you're called on your stuff, you don't know how to just to go. Ooh, God, that was you're right. That shouldn't have done it. I'm, that was just a stupid boneheaded thing to do Don't you wish you could get there a lot quicker than you do. Instead of defending the stupid boneheaded things that you do. Not that any of you ever do stupid. Maybe it's just me. But if we could. (laughs) Thank you for the laugh. And uh, as I feel that. We we want to deflect. And watch how similar this excuse is to Adam and Eve. All right. So uh, sorry. He said to Aaron. What do these people do to you that you led them into such a great sin? Don't be angry, my lord, Aaron said. You you know how prone these people are to evil. First, he wants to blame all the people. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what is happening. He had to throw that into the story. It's making it Moses' fault. You were gone for so long. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. And they gave it to me, the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and poof, I added that, out came this calf. That's what he's saying. Not that I fashioned it with a tool. Poof. I don't know how it happened. It wasn't my fault. These people, it's your fault. So just like Adam and Eve, right? When they were caught on, the, when God called them on their sin, why'd you do it? As Adam said, oh, it was a woman. A woman said, oh, it was a serpent. We, we deflect. And I think, again, if we can sort of understand that what God wants from us is just to continue to press into Him, even when our messes are going on. Because He loves us. He knows what we all got work to do. The Holy Spirit's working on us. But rather than push it off, we should just own it. Aaron could have just owned it, but he didn't. And and anyway, you you see that happening. So so we have this situation, and all these things are going on. And, you know, one of the things I said to the other group is, is that it was one thing to take... Israel out of Egypt, it's a whole other thing to take Egypt out of Israel. And I think that's true for us, too, right? God rescues us and brings us out of our mess. And that he does that part. But sometimes it's harder for us to separate from the mess. But anyway, it's all part of this process that's uh, happening here. So fortunately for us, this is the big news that's part of this story, is that God keeps his promises. This is about the faithfulness of God. And you need to know that God is faithful, 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 even when we're not. And so Moses reminds him of a promise. He actually reminds him of a covenant that God made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he says, listen, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac and Israel, whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land, I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. And then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. He doesn't give the people what they deserve. Now, that's such a good news thing for us and and because that's the heart of God see some people and the way that word is translated relented there in some places it's repented in some places we change his mind and people go well how do you know I thought he was God why did he change his mind and it's not really that at all see God's not changed his mind and, and it's a mind of the original promise and of the original creational purpose that God is engaged in in setting everything right and that he will continue to do that even though we continue to go our own way and not sort of understand how amazing this relationship that He's calling us to is. And so what I want you to do is just know that, that God is calling you, He's wooing you, He's, he's encouraging you to, to come closer. To know that he loves you, that it's not about your performance, that, that these things that happen that are difficult are not you being punished. This isn't the, the punishment of God. People keep thinking, oh, we're being punished, and I keep saying, listen, this is the this is the enemy at work. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's doing, but God will take it and use it. we just got to continue to press in and to trust and to know that we're part of the story. And part of the way that we're story is we engage him in prayer, and we continually press in, even in difficult circumstances, knowing that he loves us and that he's faithful. And then as you do that, it deepens your relationship with God. It makes it more real. The, 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 the level of relationship that God wants with us is, is just off the charts, mind-blowing, forever. And He wants us to engage in that relationship now. So He's calling us to do that. God wants to dwell with His people. Just as you read the Scripture, know that. That's at the heart of God next week if you want to get a little clue it's very cool so we'll skip ahead to 2 Samuel chapter 7 and we'll tie in the idea of tabernacle and temple and descendants and all those things in this one little neat passage that most people skip over so if you get a chance go ahead and read it it's pivotal 2 Samuel chapter 7 and we're going to dig into that next week but uh, I'm going to end it here for this week so one of the things I want to do uh, today before we go, Alice and I have been talking this week. You know, we, we used to have time of ministry there uh, on the wall at the end of every service where we could pray for you, but um, we haven't been able to do that because of uh, all these things that we're trying to figure out and the distance that we need to keep and six feet this and everything. So what we want to do is we do want to pray for you and we just sort of want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and where you're at and just allow Him to minister to you in... Um, in these ways. And one of the things that's been on my heart all week is just to pray for um, you to be encouraged. That I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that people need encouragement. They need to be, you need to put courage into them. He wants to put courage into you. And so I'm going to start uh, just a little prayer with that. And if, if that would be good, and if however you receive prayer, best if you want to close your eyes or whatever you want to do. But I just want to invite him, Lord, would you come? And Holy Spirit, would you just move among us? And would you bring courage? Lord, you're the comforter. You come alongside and you encourage. And would you, would you encourage people that are here today? Would you give them, God, a, a, a renewed hope in you? Would you give them strength, God? Would you give them peace that passes understanding? And would you stir that up in us? Would you stir up in us, Holy Spirit, the desire to press in, to draw closer, to yield, to listen, to speak? to know you more
1: yes lord just let hope arise in you today if you're in need of it grab a hold of it and take it with you and steve and i have always tried to teach you about being naturally supernatural and sometimes you just need a little bit of jesus you wouldn't be here right if you didn't but sometimes he speaks to us in ways through other people and so when Steve said we were going to have ministry time today, I prayed and asked God what to say. And I've shared these things at each service because I don't know who they're for. But um, as I prayed and asked him yesterday, he showed me three things. And the first thing he showed me were scales coming off of eyes. And he said, I want to heal people. Someone has glaucoma and someone has cataracts. And he wants to heal that in Jesus' name. And if that's you, I just pray Pray over you right now that you would be totally healed and take that in, in Jesus' name. And then he, he showed me a bridge. And I said, okay, Lord, I go over bridges all the time. So you got to give me more than that. And he said, I want to restore a relationship between a stepdad and a stepson. So if that's you, let your heart be encouraged today, wherever you're at, that God is with you. And he's in the restoration business. And then he, he, he said... These two things to me, which is going to sound really weird, but he said, ta-da, and voila, and I'm like, okay, that's crazy. But he said, someone's in a difficult job situation, and you don't know what the next step is. you have, it's like dark, and God's going to give it to you, and it's going to be like that. He's going to give you the answer, and it's going to be, ta-da, oh, yes, voila, that's it, and then you'll be able to move forward. Sorry. Amen. I bring
0: what I am. And I also feel like someone you've experienced a tremendous loss oh. and it's it's really sort of sidetracked you. And I, I just feel like God wants to want you to know he's the God of restoration and that you can just rest in him and trust in him. And he's going to take it and turn it oh. in ways that, that you haven't even thought of. And so just know that he's with you and that he's got you so, Papa, we are grateful for who you are. And we love you so, so much. Thank you for this day and your presence here with us. And let me also say, you know, all of this story starts with your relationship with Jesus, coming to know Him as Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do it today. And it, He's done all the hard work at the cross. Our part is to receive what He's done. And we do that with, with really prayer where we just get before God and, and say, God, will you forgive me of all my sin?" And, and he will. And then, Lord Jesus, will you come into my heart and life and be my Lord and Savior? And the journey starts with that. And so, if you've never done it, do it now. I hope you were doing it with me. And, and that, that's where everything begins. And I want to encourage you. That's the best decision you will ever make in your life. And if you make that decision and you pray that prayer, if you would, just text me. Because I want to know so I can celebrate with you. People have been doing this every week and we're so blessed for it. Text the word HEART. 3057457513. I get a little notice and then I can celebrate with you. And we'll send you some stuff to help you on your journey. But but please do that. Thank you again, church, for your generosity during this time and um for your the way that you've continued to do that. We're praying for those of you, you know, going through financial difficulty, asking God that it would bless and open doors for you. And um thank you for allowing us to continue to be a light in this community. That uh, this week we I ordered a thousand pounds of school supplies. That will be given away in the first couple of weeks of August to kids for when they can, whenever it is they go back to school. But you guys made that happen and so we're so grateful for that. And let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all bless. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us online. If you're in the facility and you're ready to go, please go out this set of doors. They'll be open for you so you don't have to touch them. Make sure your masks are up. Keep that six-foot thing happening. So kind of wait for your turn to go. And uh, thanks for coming. We love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.